Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Thank you so very much. And it is good to be with you all this Good Friday morning. And uh, I am excited to come and share with you uh, some of the things that the Lord has has laid on my heart. And uh, I trust that you will come with an open heart today as we as we come around this his word on this special day. There's no doubt that um, Good Friday is foundational to everything that we believe. So when we're talking uh, on Good Friday, when we're talking about Easter Sunday on Resurrection Day, then then these are absolutely and utterly foundational to everything that we believe. And so these are very important days indeed. And uh, I want to pray as we begin our time together, that God would help us to really lean in and to hear some things afresh in Jesus' name. Father, I come before you and ask you, Holy Spirit, as we gather um, all over this city and and beyond, uh, that Father God, by your grace and your mercy, you would help us to focus, you would open our hearts, open our understanding, in the name of Jesus, that we would hear clearly what it is the Spirit is saying to us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to begin by um, reading um, some uh, scripture from from Mark chapter um, 15, and we're going to be reading from verses 21 to 39, and and I'm reading from the, the Passion Translation. Um, I think it's good just to take a moment, particularly on Good Friday, to focus on what uh, the scripture actually says. And and let me uh, begin reading at verse 21. As they came out of the city, they stopped an African man named Simon, a native of Libya. He was passing by, just coming in from the countryside with his two sons, Alexander and Rufus, and the soldiers forced him to carry the heavy crossbeam for Jesus. They brought Jesus to the execution site called Golgotha, which means Skull Hill. There they offered him a mild painkiller, a drink of wine mixed with gall, but he refused to drink it. They nailed his hands and feet to the cross. The soldiers divided his clothing among themselves by rolling dice to see who would win them. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they finally crucified him. Above his head, they placed a sign with the inscription of the charge against him, which read, This is the king of the Jews. Two criminals were also crucified with Jesus, one on each side of him. And this fulfilled the scripture that says he was considered to be a criminal. Those who passed by shook 
their heads and spitefully ridiculed him, saying, Aha, you boasted that you could destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Why don't you save yourself now? Just come down from the cross. Even the ruling priests and the religious scholars joined in the mockery and kept laughing among themselves, saying, He saved others, but he can't even save himself. Israel's king, is he? Let the Messiah, the king of Israel, pull out the nails and come down from the cross right now. We'll believe it when we see it. Even the two criminals who were crucified with Jesus began to taunt him, hurling insults on him. For three hours, beginning at noon, darkness came over the earth. About three o'clock, Jesus shouted, with a mighty voice in Aramaic, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is, my God, my God, why have you turned your back on me? Some who were standing near the cross misunderstood and said, listen, he's calling for Elijah. One bystander ran and got a sponge, soaked it with sour wine, and then put it on a stick and held it up for Jesus to drink. But the rest said, leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to rescue him. Just then, Jesus passionately cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. At that moment, the veil in the Holy of Holies was torn in two from the top to the bottom when the Roman military officer who was standing right in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, there is no doubt this man was the Son of God. Wow, really powerful, really powerful scriptures. And it just makes me very reflective because... That message I've heard many times. In fact, this is the 37th Good Friday that I've known as a Christian. Um, but I think it's right in saying that for most, if not all, of us, we've never experienced a Good Friday like this. This is a completely new experience. Here am I recording Good Friday's message in my study and and yet somehow as I come as I come to this familiar familiar story because for those of us who know Jesus, for those of us who, who love Jesus, then we we know this story so well. And yet I just can't help but think as I come to you today, there's something different. There's, there's something different. I mean, yes, I understand that there is something naturally different. I mean, we are scattered all over the place. We are, we are here on Good Friday watching this on a screen somewhere. Yes, that is different. But I don't know. I just somehow sense that God, God is seeking to, to get our attention in a new way. 
And I want to believe, especially for those of us who've been around this message for a long time, those of us who would call ourselves Christians, I want to believe that that God today, by his spirit, would help something get beyond our brain and touch our heart. I, I wanna I wanna believe that 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 we will we'll get beyond the familiarity, you know, the, the saying that says that familiarity breeds contempt. You know, I wanna I wanna say that, you know, let us get beyond the fact, oh I know this, I know this, and and engage in a new and fresh way. You know, <laughs> they call this Good Friday and I don't know, there's nothing very much good about Good Friday. It is a strange term. They say that that it's called Good Friday because at one time the word good um, actually had a stronger connotation towards holy. So in reality, um, when we are saying Good Friday, we are much more saying holy Holy Friday. Um, but but as I've said already, this, this message, the message of the cross, Jesus Christ dying on a cross for you and for and for me is, is an incredible message. This is this is the pinnacle of of the the faith we have. It's the pinnacle of what we believe. John 3, 16 um, talks about the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Right there, right there, maybe your understanding of God is, is challenged because the truth is it was the love of God that caused him to send his son into the world. It was because God loves you. It's because God loves me. It's because God loves us that he sent Jesus into the world. It was it was not just trying to fix us. It wasn't because we were messing up, as indeed we were, but it was his love for us. He was motivated by love to reach out, and he sent his son, Jesus, into into the world that Jesus was proof of God's love you know I heard someone uh, tell the story once of you know um, and I and I could tell it in the first person for me you know when when I uh, decided to ask my beautiful wife to to marry me you know I didn't send someone else with the message because I loved her, because I wanted to declare my love to her, I went to her. I went in person because it would not, it would not have felt the same, and I don't think it would have worked if I'd have sent somebody else with that message. And and in similar fashion, that's why God came Himself in the form of Jesus Christ. God did not send somebody else with a message. He came himself in the form of his son to say to the world, I love you. I love you. God loves you, not in spite of all your faults, but with 
all your faults, with all your challenges, with everything that has happened, with everything that you have done. He loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. <laughs> that scripture, John 3.16 says, whoever believes in him. Don't you love that? I love that. Whoever, whoever, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter whether you're educated or you're not educated. It doesn't matter uh, whether you're uh, rich or poor. Whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. When, when the Bible talks about believe, it's saying whoever is persuaded, whoever is persuaded, who whoever places confidence in the fact that, that, that God sent his son, that Jesus is the son of God and he came for you and I. When you believe that, when you are persuaded by that, you shall not die, the Bible says, but live. And, and when it says live, it's not just talking about your uh, breathing, heart beating life. It's talking about really living. It's about knowing what life is truly all about. When I do this from my heart, the Bible tells me that, that I am born again. That's, that's a crazy, a crazy statement, actually. And in the context it was first said, it, it came, it brought a little bit of confusion. Um, the man who it was said to, Nicodemus, said, well, what does that mean? Do I need to now go back into my mother's womb? But no, what, what this means is it's, it's, it's like you've been born again because you, we've all been born naturally. We have this in common, but this is about being born spiritually. It's about my, my old my, my, all my mistakes, all the old things um, having passed away and, and, and God giving me a new life. Those who, who know me know I say this over and over again. Jesus did not die to give us religion. He didn't do it to get us to go to church. And, and, and therefore we live a life that is a little bit better than we might have lived. It's patched up, it's, it's, uh, it's stuck together, and, and we're just kind of living with the excuse that, okay, I love God, but hey, I'm only human, so you know what can you expect? That is not the kind of life, the kind of faith that we have been called to, not at all. What, what we are talking about here is powerful. It is life changing. This message is the greatest message on the face of the earth. Why? Because it is not about religion where I'm trying to reach out to God. This is God reaching out to you and I through his son so that we can know what it is to be saved. And, and he gives us, he gives us a call. That's to, to, to live in a certain way. So that's, that's why Jesus died, to give me life, a life where I put God first. Why? Because that's the best way to live. Putting God first in your life is the best way 
to live. And I understand that, that if you're hearing that for the first time, that might seem a little strange. Potentially, it might even seem a little arrogant. You know, I, I remember uh, what I was like when I first came to church. I, was, I talked there about it being my 37th Good Friday, but I, I became a Christian on the 4th of, 4th of March, uh, 1983. And I made a decision as a 19-year-old man to, to follow Jesus. I, I need you to know right now, it wasn't because I understood everything. It wasn't because I got everything. It, it was, I don't know how to explain it. It was just there was something in me that said, I need this. I, I want this. There were things that I didn't understand and I wasn't sure I was going to like. And yet still, I made the decision to ask Jesus into my life. And I did that lying on my bed. I wasn't even in a church. I was in a block of flats on the top floor, on the end flat, lying on my bed. And, uh, and I cried out to God and I, and, and I said, God, if you're there, you see, it wasn't even a, a very faith-filled prayer in that moment. I says, God, if you're there, well, I know now he is there. He is there. And he saved me. Something, something changed in my life that night. Something changed that I could not have brought. I could not have brought that change about in my own strength. I, 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 I know what it was to try. I know what it was to try something new. This wasn't that. Suddenly, I found within myself a power to be different, and that is what Jesus will do for you. He will give you, he'll give us true, true freedom. See, I think, and you know, it's, it's interesting that when uh, at 19 I'd left home and, and I was glad, I was glad to have left home. I was glad to have my freedom. That means I could do whatever I wanted. I could get home whatever time I wanted. I could go, I could go and do, uh, go wherever I wanted. You know, that, that was what I thought freedom was, that the absence of rules, that doing whatever I wanted to do, however and whenever, was freedom. But I soon discovered that actually isn't true. If it was true, then I would have been happy. I would have felt free. And yet doing whatever I wanted to do, whenever I wanted to do it, and and doing anything that's, that, that seemed right at the time, that did, not, that did not lead to a sense of freedom. I felt trapped. I felt imprisoned. I felt unhappy. And it was because of that I actually began to, to seek something beyond myself because I thought, man, there must be something more to life than this. And I was right. That's why, that's why I came and I gave my life to Jesus. I, I need you to know right now, no shadow of doubt, if this was not real, I would not be here doing this. I would be out there. Life's too short. I, I have not got the time, the energy, or, or I don't even have the ability to, to make this stuff 
up and to sustain it and maintain it all this time. I'm here because this is real, because it has changed my life. And I know that this Jesus, this same Jesus who has changed my life will and can also change yours if you will allow him in. in. If, if you don't know Jesus today, then I invite you to ask him into your heart and life. Maybe there's something in you right now. I mean, this is just the weirdest of seasons of circumstances. Maybe you have got questions about life. Maybe you've got questions because the your security has been shaken. Everything that can be shaken has been shaken. You're not sure what the future looks like. And and because everything has been put on pause or stopped, you are wondering what life is all about. I am coming to you today to say Jesus is the answer, not religion. Jesus, knowing Jesus, having a relationship with Jesus is the answer to, to your life. And I encourage you, you know, even today, I, I've said I was, I was even laying in bed when I made that decision. You're going to get opportunity at the end of our time here, just to pray a simple prayer where you invite Jesus into your heart and life because I want you to know him and I want you to know the peace that, that he alone can, can bring. And I also want you to know the empowerment that he brings to your life. It's not that we we uh, lose out or, or Jesus is trying to rob us of our fun. He is trying to teach us where true life is, where, where true joy is, where true freedom is. That is what he's seeking to, to, to uh, introduce us to. And when we find him, we find life and life to the full. In, in this time, I also want to talk about, I want to talk to people who would call themselves Christians. You, you would call yourself a Christ follower. You would call yourself someone who, who loves God. And I've been reflecting on this, and trust me, not only to do with, with you guys, but it starts with me. And I have had a bit of time to think, as I'm sure you have, and to, to reflect upon where life is and, and where, we're, where we're at. Right now, our life has been stripped, stripped back. Um, and I think that we are able to see more clearly because the, the, the stop button has been pressed and we're able to see what it is about our faith that is, is real and genuine. Uh, Mark Ritchie uh, preaching last Sunday and, and he did such a great job. But I want to say, he, he used an illustration about um, uh, the, the, the parable that Jesus talked about when uh, there was a man who built his house upon a rock and there was a man who built his house upon the sand. And I don't know, I don't know how those houses looked but Jesus uh, uses the uses the example that when the storm comes, and he, he he didn't say if 
the storm comes. He says, when the storm comes, because in life, storms will always come. But he wanted to draw our attention to the fact that the house that stood was the house that was built on the rock. It's the house that was built on the right foundation. It is the life that is built on the right foundation that endures the storm. We cannot control whether storms come into our lives or not. They are going to come. But what we can control is the foundation that our life is built upon. And I don't know, but I think that this season um, gives us an opportunity to take a good, hard look at our at our faith and how we are living and, and what we what we are believing in. I, uh, I took a couple of photos. Um, the sun was out uh, last week or in this week just gone. And I took a couple of photos. And uh, let me just show you these now. This is, this is photograph number one. Take a look at that. And then another photograph, photograph number two. There you go. So what I wanted to show you there was um, the difference between photograph number one and photograph number two is, is this. Well, let me, let me say this first, more to the point, that the, the foliage of, of plant number one looks better than plant number two. But the reality is this, that, that plant number one is not real. It's artificial. It's false. Plant number two might not look quite as good, but it is real. It's, light. it's, it's living. Life is coursing through it. It is growing. It is developing. And I use this illustration because it somehow... I don't know, helps me to get across something that I'm feeling in my spirit in regard to the church that I want to put across this, this Good Friday that I believe that God is looking for authenticity from his church. He's looking for authenticity from his followers, people who say they love and know God. And, and it isn't just that we go to church. It just isn't just that we turn up at a service like this, but it is how we are living our lives each and every day. And I think the Spirit of God is challenging us that it isn't about what looks good. It's, is it alive? Is the life of God in it? It's not just about looking good or, or uh, looking amazing. It's, it's, it's about is their life, is their life flowing through? And I want to I want to say to us that I believe I believe that for Heart Church, I, but I, be, I I believe that for for the for the people who are part of Heart Church because Heart Church isn't a building; it's not KMC, not King Kings Meadow Campus. Heart Church is the individuals in it; it's the people in it. And I want to say that I believe that God is looking for authentic people, people who don't just say they love God but they live like it. And I think this season, it kind of shows us 
that our lives have been propped up with this and that and and we're busy. We're always, we're always intending to pray. We're always intending to read our Bible. We're always intending to have a deeper relationship with God. But we're busy. We're rushing here. We're rushing there. We're doing this. We're doing that. And we are, we, we, we are supporting our lives uh, with all kinds of stuff going on around us. But I believe that God is saying that the time for, for um, imitation and plastic is done. Let's, let's, discard it let's let's put it away god is looking for a faith that is alive and growing he is looking for people who don't just look good but actually are developing and growing in their walk with god i believe that this is a time to to take stock to ask myself the question am have i have I allowed myself to, to get out of shape spiritually? What, am, what are things going to look like as I emerge from this situation? Um, a couple of Sundays ago, you might remember, I was talking about the fact that behind closed doors, I believe that God is multiplying the oil. And that oil is going to sustain us when we come out behind the closed doors. I don't believe that things are going to be the same. Things are going to be different. Things are going to be new in ways that we don't yet know. But I I do believe that God is looking for a church that is authentic, that doesn't just look good on on the surface, but actually is growing and is developing and is vital and is making is making a difference. He's looking for real people with real stories, with a real relationship with God, whose lives have not just been touched by some form of spirituality, but by by, by people's uh, uh, sorry lives that have have been transformed through and by the power of the Holy Ghost. God is looking for transformed people, transformed lives, that people who are not just slightly better versions of themselves, but people who have been utterly transformed through and by the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on. I wish I, wish I could get an amen. I don't know. Maybe God can cause you to uh, just speak out that amen, and I'll just believe in faith that I'm hearing it. Because because. We have the answer to life. We have the answer. And and I believe God is wanting us to rise up. Mark said last week about uh, 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 we may be in lockdown, but it's time to rise up. It's time to arise and shine. This is not the time to, to hide our light under a bowl. This is the time to shine because people need answers. People need to see the light. They have, they know what it is to find themselves in darkness and depression and being overwhelmed. They need someone to show them the way. I'm thinking about when, um, when Jesus said to his disciples, his disciples came to him and said, these people need something to eat. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. I believe that God is is calling on his church and he's saying, now is the time for you to rise up. You give them something to eat. People need answers. They need need to be sustained in ways they have not been sustained before. And and, and they are are looking for someone who's going to rise up and say, I am not the answer, but Jesus in me is. Jesus 
is the one who makes the difference. This Jesus, this same Jesus who gave his life for you and I, died on a cross to set us free, to give us hope, to give us a future. I would love to pray with you right now and I'm going to ask you if it helps you to concentrate, maybe just bow your head or or close your eyes. And I want to ask you right now, firstly, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this, this could be the day that your life is changed so radically. Here I am 37 years on from that decision I made and I know my life has been radically changed. This is real. It is genuine. It is authentic. It is radical. I know that what Jesus did for me, he can also do for you. If you don't know him today, or you know it's time to come back to him because you once had a relationship with him and now you know that you've not been living in the way you should and you want to come home, then you can also pray this prayer. Pray pray with me now. Pray this wherever you are. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for dying for me on the cross. I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done and I turn away from those things and I give my life to you or that I am, or that I have, I entrust myself to your care. Thank you, Lord, that I am forgiven. Thank you, Lord, that right now I am born again. Right now I am a new person because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart Amen. The Bible says that if you prayed that prayer, then you now are a Christian. That is not dependent upon the way you feel. It is a faith decision. Everything is different. But I also want to pray with with some other people right now. I want to pray with you if you know Jesus, if if you're a Christ follower, and there's something in you today that says, I know that I need to come out of of this situation different. You know, I don't think we're ever going to forget Good Friday 2020. How can we? But I want you to look back on this day and say that day. I knew Jesus, I loved Jesus, but that day something changed. Something was different. Pray with me now. Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone right now who is saying in their heart, Lord God, I know that I'm spiritually out of shape and I need to get my life right. I thank you, God, that you have given us the power through the Holy Spirit to to rise up and, and become the people that you've called us to be. We are no longer hiding. We are no longer going to be ashamed of this gospel. We are going to rise up and declare the wonder and the goodness of all that God has done for each one of us. We will not live hiding the light that you have put in us but we will shine for you because there are people out there lost and lonely, fearful, and they are needing a light. They are needing someone to show them the way 
in Jesus name. Amen. You know, this Easter, we are talking about hope being alive. Church, we are the hope of the world. The church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. That's why we need to rise up in Jesus' name and become all he's called us to be. I love you. I'm excited about the future. How can we not be excited? This is an incredible message for a world that needs to hear it. And we know that in Jesus' name, that world can be reached and transformed through and by the power of God. In Jesus' name, I love you. God bless you. And I'll see you on Sunday. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.